Hey y'all, hey, Soil Cousins, I need to have a word with you. This is a public service announcement about voting because we all need to do it, all right? So we know this is a, a election year, all right? There's a It's a presidential election, but we need to be mindful of a couple specific things. There are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president, all right? So what you need to do is go to Ballot Ready, that's B-A-L-L-O-T, R-E-A-D-Y dot org for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. You can see the whole thing. You need to know what's on there so you don't get in the booth looking cray or just being completely uninformed and leaving some parts blank. Leaving it blank, yo, that's just an opportunity for evil to prevail. And the last thing we need is for evil doing that. So from there on the ballot ready site, you can compare your candidates based on their stances on issues, biography or endorsements, and then you can save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. We have options. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote because we need a plan early on or on election day. This election matters. So make sure that you have a plan to vote so that you can vote informed, y'all. And I want to make sure that you understand that it is, you might be unfamiliar with some of the more local positions. That's really what I'm talking to you about. Like, I, I want you to consider that. We know you probably have already kind of made up your mind about who you want to vote for for president. That's your business. But if you are unfamiliar with some of the more local positions, positions, we recommend hosting a ballot party. All right. We can, we can. You know, make it a little bit fun. Get together with your friends over Zoom. Split up the research. You guys, you know, go through your ballots together so that we can be informed about these local positions that matter so much. They control things like who to prosecute and they're monitoring the quality of our drinking water and even the access to some of the spaces that we want to use for community gardening. You know, there's so many things and changes that have happened with polling places and such as a result of COVID. So we just want to make sure, well, I just want to make sure with this public service announcement that my soil cousins are prepared. Go to BallotReady.org and enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. Guess what, y'all? We black and we in the garden. We are black in the garden. And it's it's pretty obvious, you know, when you're thinking about this name, being back in the garden, like we never left because we have always been in the garden as black people. But first of all, let me let you know who I am. I am Cola B. That's Cola B talking to you <laughs> because that's what I'm going to do on this here podcast black in the garden. So I'm so glad that you took the time to listen. Um, this is a great, this is a great kind of soundtrack for you to, you know, go ahead and get your pruning shears out. Okay. Go ahead and get your pothos out. Let's go ahead and trim her up or down or whatever it is that you need to do. Go ahead and get your seeds out. You need to count them. You need to sort them. It is coming up on winter. So we need to go ahead and get ourselves prepared for what is to come in the spring. So much to do, so much to unpack. 
Let me say that again. We have so much to unpack. We are here and we are black in the garden on this podcast here together. And we got a lot more to go. So let me let you know where I'm coming from. I am, as I said, I'm Cola B talking. So that's what we will be doing. I'm a plantrepreneur, straight up. Okay, you can figure out what it means. It's a combination of the words entrepreneur and something involving plants. That's what I do. Okay, that's what I'm doing for a living, manifesting things and making them come to be. Also a houseplant hoarder, a horticultural consultant by day. (laughs) a garden coach, and an all-around plant enthusiast because, hey, I just really love plants. That's how this whole thing got started. That's why I'm sitting up here talking to you right now. And and considering all of these things that, that I am and that I do, I'm still not the expert. I don't really think any of us can really be the expert, degree or no degree. Okay. Botany, horticulture, agriculture, whatever kind of culture it is that you're into. Um, you are never really going to have all the answers. So it's cool. This is a safe space. This is a learning space. This is a talking space. There are so many conversations to be had. So let's go ahead and start having them. Now, it's going to be me just warming this thing up on this first episode so we can kind of get a feel for what we want to do here in this space. But we have plenty, trust, plenty, just stick with us. And we will be having those conversations about how representation matters and how the Black American gardener is a gardener who was once an involuntary gardener, who is now a voluntary gardener because, hey, we don't have master telling us about what we need to plant or when we need to go pick it. So, so much. I'm excited. Are you excited? I just, cause listen, I don't know if it's coming across, so I just need to be very clear about what it is for me, which is excitement. So once again, I want to thank you. Of course I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here at the intersection of black culture and horticulture. And yes, that's the thing because gardening is not hashtag white folk stuff, air quotes, some white people shit. It is something that is a universal practice. Plants have been around before people have been around. And according to whatever the science is, but you know the science, the science says that the black people or the black person was actually the first person as far back as we can recall to be on the earth. They dug up the corpse, this preserved corpse, the oldest corpse that has ever been found. And it was indeed a black one. And I wouldn't be surprised if she had a bonnet on because that's how we're getting down around here on, on this here podcast, black culture and horticulture together is absolutely a thing. We out here farming. We're out here gardening. We're teaching our kids how to do it. We're loving on our houseplants. We are the caretakers of our grandmother's houseplants. Let me say that to you again, the caretakers of our grandmother's houseplants. So I've heard stories and these warm my heart. Are you kidding me? Uh, Of someone telling me about a plant that 
sparked their interest in gardening because they got it from grandma or auntie or somebody who wasn't well enough to take care of it or unfortunately somebody who passed. That is absolutely a common story and a beautiful and poetic and sentimental introduction to plant parenthood. We're going to be using all those corny ass terms around here because really we get to be black and we also get to enjoy things that are considered to be some white people shit because it's really not some white people shit. We are connected to nature as well. We out here hiking, we out here traveling, we're out here making our own granola and putting cloth diapers on our babies. We do that ish too. You know what I'm saying? I had a water birth when I had my second child. I got a few kids, y'all. We're not about to get all into my business just quite yet, but just stay with me. I'm glad you're with me. Like I said, I'm excited. Hey. Yeah, so we're about to take a dive. We're about to get into something, y'all. We're getting there. Um, First of all, I want to give a shout out to Bitch Media for plant planting. I said planting y'all. Okay. Good enough. Uh, they posted <laughs> bitch media posted an article on black plantstagram. And it was a, it's actually the reason why I'm sitting here recording this right now. Cause I'm like, you know what? Conversations need to be had. A voice needs to be heard a voice of reason, if you will, that will lend some insight to the connections that are being made between Black folks and what we're doing here in the plant space, in the agricultural space, in the horticultural space, in the plant entrepreneur space, things are happening. We are out here looking so cute on the gram with our houseplants and out here in the garden, um, posting photographs of our harvest and just really looking like we trying to get in the cover of Oprah magazine. Well, maybe not on the cover, obviously, because that's an Oprah thing, but get in the pages of an Oprah magazine or the the opportunities are really endless, but we are here. And, uh, I, I do need to say that the term black plants to gram, I'm not all the way comfortable with that. I'm just not because it makes me think of black Twitter, but black Twitter is its own thing. So I'm not coming for black Twitter. Cause baby, I don't need black Twitter coming for me. Okay. So please don't, but I will say that black plants to gram, It just feels like there was a thing that perhaps white people started. I assume they did. It's fine. But that's the thing unto itself. So for us to throw black on it, it's like we're way more creative than that. We have so much swag. We have so much creativity. So I know that we can come up with our own name. We'll get there. I mean, no pressure. It don't have to be right this second. Obviously, if I had thought of one, I would just go ahead and say that right now. But uh, the acronym for Black in the Garden is B-I-G. I know there's a T word in there, but it's silent. Shh. So B-I-G fam is what you are to me. Big fam. I. That's for all intents and purposes. That's what we are going forward as our black planty uh, family cousiny relational. You get what I'm trying to say. We a family, okay? Give me a hug. Take your shoes off. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we're good here. We're safe here. We're going to talk about what we need to talk about. And 
I feel like, okay, no, it's cool. We are here and I'm going to get to the point that I was talking up, which is, listen, there's some trauma that is involved. Whew, there's definitely some trauma uh, that we have dealt with as Blacks. I mean, obviously, um, especially, and I'm specifically talking about American Blacks, because I am an American Black or an African American or whatever you want to call it. I'm not really here to get into that whole what are we kind of debate. But those of us who have ancestors who were involuntary gardeners, because I actually prefer that word better for the sake of this conversation. But let me get to the point. Speaking contemporary, contemporarily, if you will, um, let's think about what it meant to get a switch. You ever had to go get a switch? You ever had to go outside and go pick a switch? You had to go out into the backyard, maybe the front yard, but you at a young age went to engage with a plant. It was a bush or whatever it was, but you went out there and you got that switch. And that was something that, you know, if you were subject to ass whoopings, then you experienced some real pain from that switch that you got from that bush. And I don't know if you realize it or not, because I literally just kind of realized it about 10 minutes ago before I started recording. I'm like, yo, whoa, actually getting the switch could actually be a source of trauma that exists in some of us that makes us resistant to trying out gardening or just enjoying nature in general. I'm not saying it's all the way deep. I'm not saying it's that deep for any of us who have had to get a switch, but I am saying consider. Y'all, some of us are out here like for real carrying some real trauma um, that could have came from having to go get the switch, go pick the switch. You know how it went down. And you know what? As a matter of fact, I don't want us to get super deep in that. And I don't want anybody who's gotten triggered by that because, you know, yo, hey, that wasn't fun for anybody who had to be in that position. Um, it was definitely uh, not the best look, but hey, we lived and we learned, I suppose. So we'll just take that. But let me give you a little bit more since this is a plant-based situation that we are here engaging in. There is also plant therapy. Yes, there is plant therapy. Okay, so perhaps you have trauma and it doesn't necessarily matter where the trauma came from because trauma is trauma and it sucks. So I'm not the type of person who's happy to sit up, sit around and talk about problems without indicating or exploring some kind of source of a solution or at least some kind of light at the end of the tunnel, a silver lining, the glass is half full. Come on, y'all. So plant therapy is a real thing. Um, that's really a big part of the reason why this wave is happening like it's happening. It's definitely a wave, y'all. I mean, Instagram and, and yeah, mainly Instagram because of it being such a visual platform. 
and we get the opportunity to show our show off our the imagery of us engaging with our plants on there. Um, obviously, for show there is the hashtag plant therapy, and it it really and truly is. Um, I, I would encourage you to to hug a fern. That is actually my screen name on there. Um, I'll put all that information in writing so you can you don't have to worry about trying to get to that if your hands are busy. But plant therapy is a very real thing for me. I done been through some stuff. Okay. 2019. This is the last quarter. We about to slide on into holiday season. But listen, 2019 tried to drag me. Um, but I had plants along the way. 2018 was an interesting year for me. I was actually a full-time trucker in 2018 and uh, I still had a garden. Fortunately, I was able to kind of talk my way into a gig where I was able to be home frequently enough to take care of that garden. Um, But yeah, I definitely have maintained a garden over all that time and it's been therapeutic for me any and every time. The first time that I realized that gardening was a huge deal for me was at a time when I was living in Florida. And I mean, shout out to Florida because not, listen, when I say shout out to Florida, you know, we have to tread lightly because it is Florida after all, but it is the sunshine state. It is a tropical growing zone and who as a plant lover or garden enthusiast cannot would not stand for Florida, at least just a little bit. So I've been out there. I was out there in the heat of the summer, just a porch covered in plants. Could you imagine that? You've seen this before. Perhaps that is your porch. (laughs) Perhaps that's a corner in your house somewhere. If you're listening to this, you have a connection. So you know what I'm talking about. But I was in the house that I was renting at the time And I was trying my hand at trying to figure out how landscaping worked. And I was having a blast outside doing the thing in the dirt. Coleus, Pothos, Monstera. What's the one with the name Philodendron? I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's cool because somebody will get it right. It don't necessarily have to be me. But I was out there with all the plants and my wheelbarrow and my bonnet on or my my music was playing out there, uh, all kind of stuff from Jeezy to King to the internet, um, all the greats, some oldies. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to get to is I was out there for hours and hours. I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to eat. I did not want to do anything but that which was enjoying myself in the garden, being black in the garden. And it was a beautiful thing. And I know if you're listening to this, perhaps you've had a moment like that and you can relate. And I'm so glad you can relate. You know, we're a tribe, right? We are a tribe. And so I'm not going to go too much deeper right now. But look, when I tell you there are conversations to be had, baby, there are conversations to be had and those conversations will be had as long as I have anything to do with it. So 
I'm going to just bookmark right here. I'm going to give a little preview. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Black in the Garden. I am Cola B. Talking, and I'm going to be talking. So um, come back.